Okay, we are live for Dynasty Saturday Night 5 once again on your Saturday night, 7.30 Eastern. Uh, been a minute since the crew was uh, uh, together. Uh, uh, on the 4th, uh, Josh had an obligation, a uh, family obligation, on, on, uh, and so we had Kyle sit in. And on the 11th, we, uh, we both kind of needed to, to take the week off for various reasons. So here we are. Uh, eight on the 18th, uh, back again for episode 16. I'm Brian Ford here with my co-host Josh Walker. Josh, how you doing? Doing great. You know, first of all, thanks to Kyle for filling in for me. I really appreciate it. He did a great job. I listened to the episode while I was in Florida, which is where I was. So I finally got to live out my Florida man uh, era of my life. Just be a little trashy down in the great state of Florida. So nice. Okay. All yep. right. I uh I'll have to uh I'll have to see if you I'll have to Google uh Florida man and see if any of your your exploits uh came up yeah <laughs> yeah I had a fake identity so you might not recognize me okay all right speaking of Florida man uh, our friend Gator checking <laughs> in uh, what is good in here uh, Gator I don't know certainly certainly not us but uh, yeah <laughs> so know, we're we're, you. we're glad you're what's <laughs> you're what's good in here Gator we're we're glad you're here. All right, so please make sure if you're listening on the Going For Two Live podcast feed to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're watching us on YouTube, either live or later on, please make sure you subscribe to the channel. Click the little bell thingy for the notifications. A little thumbs up on the video for a like. It'll help us out a lot. For those of you who uh, are new to the Dynasty Saturday Night Five, or if you forget, uh, we do lists of five to kind of uh, be a vehicle, a uh, fun Saturday night vehicle. Um, for talking about dynasty fantasy football and tonight uh, we're going to uh, discuss some of our thoughts on some early startups um, I've been in a couple I've mocked a couple I've been looking at some you know startup ADP and that sort of thing and getting a sense of of what's going on in the streets I think Josh the same uh, and then we'll, we're going to have a, a bonus list for you uh, Super Bowl related because uh, you may or may not know uh, there's a Super Bowl going on uh, tomorrow. So, um, Josh, before we get into our, our lists and, and, and that sort of thing, um, what are some of the, the like, general thoughts that you bring into uh, a startup? Do you have like, a certain uh, approach that you go in with or, or, or a certain thing that you like doing more, more than another method or, or what? Yeah, so – I let the first three rounds, they're all kind of the same. And based on then is kind of how I gauge what I'm going to do. I I typically do try and win now, but I also, like, say the first three rounds, I'm still trying to get the good young guys. There's hardly anyone there that, you know, lets you know that you're going to be tanking. So I get the good studs, you know, try and get some good young quarterbacks, Justin Jefferson, you know, some, at least one or two people or maybe even three or four at top five at their position. And then after that, depending on how the board goes, if I trade down, you know, based on offers I get, then I kind of gauge it. Most of the time I do try and win now, but not with going all out on getting old people. Like, say, one year if I expect to maybe make the playoffs but not push, 
but then set myself up better for 24. So I guess the best way to put it is I'm better, not a year one win now, but year two, try and mix getting some rookie picks, but also get some solid veterans that I know will have a safe floor, but mostly trying to stay young as, as young as I can, especially at running back. Mm. Yeah, that's true. In my, in my, in my first couple of dynasty startups, I kind of had no idea what, what the hell I was doing. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, I, then I kind of got into the whole, uh, I guess people have called it a productive struggle uh, over the last uh, few years um, where you kind of, I don't want to say punt year one, but you know, your, your goal is to, you know, trade back a bunch, add, you know, add picks, add future draft picks, that sort of thing, set yourself up, you know, for sort of a long-term uh, situation. Uh, and now lately I've kind of been looking at um, uh sort of just you know being water so to speak just kind of you know doing what the board as the board dictates you know zigging when people zag and that and that sort of thing but i've also kind of been into um i guess what we, you know we might call value drafting you know as opposed to say you're you're drafting you know for a roster um you know you're drafting for for value right and i and i think you know that that can be that can be important. I'm not like a thousand percent value drafter like, like some other folks are. Um, but, but I'm definitely been leaning into that the last couple of years, as far as how I approach, uh, startups, uh, for me, um, you know, even if I have two really good wide receivers already, you know, for example, if the, if the wide receiver there on the board represents good value relative to where he's been going in startups or where, what I can get for him in a trade and that sort of thing, uh, as opposed to like you know the the position I don't have, then sure you know I'll I'll go for it. Um, you know the whole uh, the whole m- mantra of uh, draft for value, trade for need. Uh, I'm not like super great at it like some people are because I think it 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 takes a little more trading around the board um, to really pull off like mm-hmm. really well. And I'm just not, I just don't hustle and, and do that many, that many startup trades. But, um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I've been leaning into the last couple of years. Yeah. I think some people, and we saw it in one of the leagues we drafted in, can get carried away with the trading. And I think that point, it gets very convoluted as to what you're like trying to do and how you're going to end up. And looking at someone that did that, I don't, I don't like their team as much as I did mine. Who I made three mm-hmm. trades, I think total, nothing too mm-hmm. crazy. And I just kind of went with it and I just, some people can do it, but it's not for me. I I make two or three, maybe four trades during a startup, but even then, most people send it to me, and I just accept it. So mm. or counter it with something a little better. Yeah. So yeah, I'm certainly not aggressive about it. So, um, what have you noticed uh, between you know the difference between drafting now, you know, living life on the edge before free agency, before the NFL draft? as opposed to later any sort of differences that you see at all or any any anything that you want folks to watch out for um i i think it's a lot of people not as much to look out for i think people are just taking their shots on their guys thinking they're going to change like the last draft i done keenan allen got shot up a little bit more than he normally would have i think that's in case he goes to somewhere like kansas city i mean even in you know with LA, he's going to be good with Justin Herbert, but there are better spots for him out there. And I've seen him, he's gone up the board a little quicker than I expected him being over 30 years old. Mm. Um, 
I'll talk about it more later, but Camara's falling a lot in draft boards, and I think that's just on speculation. When I think if he drafted closer to the season, he might have a little more an idea of what his suspension is going to look like or mm-hmm. if the Saints draft a running back. Same goes to David Montgomery. It's just a, it's just a lot more risks you're taking. People are taking Khalil Herbert over Montgomery, when in reality Montgomery could come back and it'd be 1A and 1B again. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a lot of people taking some chances, taking risks on players you might not once everything's settled down and you kind of yeah, know what, what's going on. What I've noticed is uh, I think two things. One, you might say that people are sort of drafting um, – not everybody, but a lot of people are kind of drafting based on sort of a general philosophy or a general approach, whether that's value drafting or build around wide receivers or you know whatever they're sort of – you know general philosophy or approach is um, because we don't have the information, you know, of free agency and the draft to plug in to then work with and that might change or alter, you know, a move or two that, that they make or three or four. Um, I think another thing is because I think the, the landscape at running back is changing um, not just like the landscape of dynasty running back, but the way people are approaching running back and then with all the, you know, with all the, the free agent running backs this year, uh, I think people are kind of, um, we'll talk about it a little bit, a little, a little uh, uh, reticent, you know, to, to, to draft running back. And they seem to be dropping uh, more, than, uh, more than other folks would. Um, Gator checking in here about trading. Uh, trading back, I do it a few spots at a time, not a full round at a time. Yeah, if you can pull it off, yeah. You know, um, that's all that's that's preferable, you know, and, you know, what you get back, of course, uh, is less. But you insulate yourself from missing out on on that many that many more picks. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about about trading, though, in, in a second when we talk about um, talk about quarterbacks, too. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's see here. Uh, all right. But first, let's pay some bills. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has it all. Industry-leading best ball leagues with huge tournaments, private leagues, and pick'ems. Uh, and they're not just football. Scratch that itch during the offseason by playing contests in every major sport. Sign up with the promo code GF2 and get a deposit match of up to $100. Simple as that. Sign up. Use the promo code GF2 and start playing and maybe even start winning. All right, time for our list of five thoughts on early startups. Josh, kick us off. Yeah, uh, my first one is I just wrote down the ageism is real. Mm. And I don't consider myself to be, as most would, an ageist. I think someone that's 29 and at the peak of their career still has at least three or four years left. So I'm not necessarily fading people because they're in their late 20s. Unless I see signs of decline, such as like Adam Thielen, or if I've kind of faded Aaron Jones a little because I think A.J. Dillon might kind of creep in there mm-hmm. and move to a more full committee. But at the same time, there's some veterans falling way too late in some of these drafts. Um, and young guys who have – one is George Pickens, who's had even glimpses, but also a lot more knocks on his game, has been going before a lot of people that I think um, – for some reason, I tried pulling up all my draft boards, but it only let me pull up one. So I only mm-hmm. have one draft board to go off of. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, it's just mainly stick with the guys who are at the peak of their career, but just because they're 28, 29, like don't give up on them. They're still mm. – and I think people are definitely doing that. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting to take – like before the Joe Mixon news, I took him in around like 12 or something like that. I'm trying to pull it up, but he, he dropped way too far for being someone who's consistently been uh, back-end RB1, you know, frontier RB2. And I don't see that changing. But this is another thing, drafting this early. They could draft a running back, and it could start to spell the end for them. But Absolutely. for now, yeah. I'm taking in some of these older guys that are falling really far, especially at running back, and I'm taking young wide receivers. And I like the way my drafts are looking right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, 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 take, what, you take what falls to you. I have tried to – I, I kind of have gone back and forth. Like, you know, oh, I'm too much of an ageist. Let me correct it and that sort of thing. And – I, I think I would be guilty of the ageism that, that you're talking about um, because in, in a startup, you know, that's, that's when things are fresh and that's when, you know, in some sense you, you have the, the best opportunity, you know, to, to set yourself up to be, um, you know, viable and competitive for, you know, a, a good chunk, a, a good few year, few year window. And for me, I can, if I think I need it, I'd rather trade for the Stefan Diggs and the Dalvin Cook than than take them Drafts. where they're being taken in in the, in the draft. But you know, I mean, maybe other maybe other folks have a have a different uh, approach, which I think. Bring, but at the same time, um, my number one is rookies and rookie picks. A lot of them go. A lot of them go too early um, as far as I'm concerned. So, Absolutely. you know, for those of you unfamiliar, a, a sort of common common way to draft now um, is that you use kickers as placeholders for rookie picks. So, you know, a few guys get picked and then I pick a kicker. It's the first kicker off the board. That means I own the rookie 101, right? A few, a few guys get picked and then Josh, you know, takes a kicker. Right. And that now he has rookie 102 uh, and, and so on. Um, and so uh, I've seen after I don't know if there's a line necessarily. Um, you're you're going to talk about some specific picks later, but I've noticed that when I've looked at startup data for when the picks are going and when people are drafting with the actual rookie names in there, rookies are going way too soon in a lot of cases. You know, yeah. I think I think people kind of have, you know, like the Bijan pick and, and maybe the next two or three picks probably pegged okay as as far as value goes uh, yep. in startups. But after that, I think people are are reaching, you know. And you're going to talk about it later on, you know, when we get down into like, you know, the, when people are taking thirds and fourths ahead of some of these names that they're, you know, NFL players. It's just starting to to, to be a a little ridiculous. So, you know, keep yep. that in mind if you're doing one of those startups um, with the, with the rookie picks in it uh, or with the the rookies with the rookies in it, it's even worse. I did a mock. I actually, I did a couple mocks with the rookie names in it. And it's just like, you're, 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 you're kidding me here. Like people are taking uh cheese. Uh, I wish I, I wish I pulled up the mock draft board, but you know, uh, you know, a, a, a middling name, like, um, I don't know, like a Kendra Miller or like, a, you know, a Ty J Spears, even though I like both prospects a lot, you know, ahead of you know, a real known quantity that like isn't necessarily like, you know, 
past the you know past the age cliff or anything like that. And it's like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, the the rookie fever is if the ageism is real, you know, the the rookie fever is real. And and I'll just I'll kind of end end with this. Um, so I had in a league a, a guy was uh, wanted just a king's ransom for the one hundred and one, right? And like even beyond like well, like I understand one hundred and one Bijan's Bijan, and I you know it should be a lot. But he was asking for just – it was just, like, ridiculous, right? And so I, I declined. I think he wound up un- underselling, you know, once he actually did consummate oh, yeah. a deal with somebody yeah. else, right? Um, and, and so which, – which, okay, fine, you know. Uh, and, then, uh, and then today uh, offers me the 103 for JT. So I, I, I countered with the 103 and then the 203 and the 310. You know, which, by the way, I thought was actually still kind of a little bit of a discount. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and the person, uh, you know, threw back, you know, with the 310, but took out the 203, you know, and they were saying, you know, that, well, you know, I got the 103 and the 203 for Bijan. I was like, well, no, not my fault. He should have gotten more. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and, and essentially, like, you know, in the end said, like, uh, that's okay. I'd rather have Stroud or Gibbs than JT anyway. It's like really, we're yeah, there. I don't know about that. Yeah, we're, we're 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 there. Like that, we'd rather have Stroud or Gibbs. Sight unseen, like not not even not a, a snap. We don't know where they're drafted. We don't know where their landing spot is. We haven't seen you know any combine any anything right. And it's I'd rather have uh, Stroud or Gibbs than than J. T. It's listen. If you want to, if there's a value out there, there's a million values out there. JT's one of them. People are acting like he's like he died. You know, like it. it, You know, it's 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 ridiculous. And so, you know, but and and then I thought to myself, well, okay, if you'd rather have Stroud or Gibbs than JT, then would you offer me the 103 in the first place for you know? But so anyway, but yes, rookies and rookie picks are 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 uh, uh, predictably, I think, being overvalued. Yeah. No, absolutely. I. I agree. And the fact, you know, my next point, we'll kind of touch on two other guys who are following. I probably could have put JT in that also because he was everyone's diehard RB1 in Dynasty last year, at least up there in the top three. And now it's like he's chopped the liver because, you know, it's not even a major injury that's going to sideline him for a whole year or anything. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll definitely take him over Stroud or – But, yeah, I'm going to jump into my next one. And it's two guys who – they're not that old. Kamara's a little older than the other, but you know, it's Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders and Alvin Kamara. And then two of the drafts I'm gonna talk about, they went back to back or within three picks of each other. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders is 25. Uh Kamara's 27. And in one draft, they went in round nine. They went in back to back. They went 9.5 and 9.7. And then the other draft we did, they went in the 10th round. And, you know, out, Miles Sanders just came off a year where he rushed for almost 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns in one of the most favorable rushing offenses in the league. Kenneth Gainwell's solid, but, you know, I don't think he's good enough to take Miles Sanders. I haven't seen any evidence that Miles Sanders is going anywhere. You know, Last year was a little rough, but they showed that they have faith in him again last year, and they made him the number one back. You know, uh, Kamara, same thing. He's still in his prime. 
you know, there is talk of suspension. It might come. But even if he misses the first half of the season, like DeAndre Hopkins did, if you know that's coming, you can work around it and then be able to have him towards during the bye weeks and during the end of the year when things when games really matter. And he still rushed for 800 yards and considered a down year. I think that offense is only going to get better. I think they're going to start working around Olave and um, Shahid. So I think they're going to try and get – I hope they start Jameis. That will help Alvin. But even if he gets traded, some people are saying they might move him, try and move on with Gibbs to replace him. Mm-hmm. He's he's too good. Two years ago, I took him in the first round, top five picks. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's completely fallen off a cliff. But you can get him in the ninth and tenth round. So I think – I just thought that was a little crazy that they were going that late. Yeah, I don't know that it's – crazy for me like it's probably a little lower than i i i would take them but um but i don't i don't know uh, about crazy i think the thing with with sanders is um you know he's a free agent right he'll be 26 mm-hmm. on may 1st uh and and he's he's a free agent um and so you know where does he land right if he's back with the Eagles, they've been kind of underutilizing him and he's a second contract running back. Right. Mm-hmm. So now there's like, you know, uh, you know, his, he's probably valued even less. Right. And then, and then, you know, the uncertainty factor of if he doesn't go to the Eagles, where does he go? Also, I think, you know, uh, uh, plays into it. Kamara. Yeah. The suspension. I, I'm, I'm kind of okay with Kamara slipping. He's, not a guy I've wanted to touch really recently, um, you know, but again, you know, value is value. Right. And like 10th round. Yeah. Um, that might be, that might be, uh, you know, where you, where you take them. I mean, you, you have to remember that Ingram is an unrestricted free agent. David Johnson's an unrestricted free agent. Um, you know, uh, if they wanted to get out of, Eno Benjamin's contract this off season, they could, but he's a UFA after 2023, um, so, and if I have my cap numbers, right, if they trade him after June 1st, I think they could save $11 million, uh, even though his contract runs through 2026, right. And he's going to be 28 in July. So, you know, I, I think again, kind of like with Sanders, there's, there's some uncertainty, but to your point, um, that that's lower than where they seem to be going. So for those of you who are interested, uh, there's a, a person on Twitter, a Daiko, a Daiko. It's A-D-E-I-K-O underscore F-F. And he does sort of these um, reports of startup ADP, you know, sort of averaging across uh, uh, platforms. And to Josh's point, Kamara's average position. Now, this was a few weeks ago that I um, that I got this one is at the eight twelve, right? And Sanders's average position is the nine oh six. So, you know, though they seem to be going a little lower than than average in in what you've been taking a look at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me. All right. So. Some guys that were taken before them, I just want to see if you would also agree with this. Because the main point about this were some of the people taken before him. Trey McBride was drafted before both of them in the league. Stafford, Kadarius Toney, 
DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen is in one. Um, the other one, Algier went before them. Go ahead. Stafford, I would. Algier, no. Um, Tony? But, but close. Algier, no, but close. Tony, no, but close. Um, uh, McBride? McBride? Probably not. Probably not. Um, yeah. And then this uh, other one, uh, Mike Evans went before them. Pacheco went before both of them. Yeah, I wouldn't do Pacheco. Mike Cook, Evans, Mixon, and not. Aaron Jones. Pickett. I do, I do cook, but barely. Mixon, I would. Aaron Jones, close. Um, what's that? Pickett. I mean, yeah. I mean, a quarterback in a super flex is a quarterback in a super flex. I mean, that's that might be where I'm picking up my QB two. Like, if I was, if I had like an early pick, like the 103, and I wasn't able to trade to get that second, you know, quarterback to double tap, right? Uh, yeah. And I need my QB two. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably roll the dice on a Pickett or a Goff or a Danny Dimes, you yeah. know, before I before I take you know Kamara or yeah. Well, Sanders. yeah. The other thing is, I think Kamara or Kamara, not Miles Sanders getting moved, but if Kamara gets moved, that might even help his situation because it might be a team that will utilize him a little bit better than a team mm-hmm. throwing out Andy Dalton as their quarterback. Yeah, you know, I don't think I don't also, think anybody picks up the contract, but you know. Um, no, so, I don't either. I don't expect any anyone, either one of those to go anywhere. Uh, Kyle checking in. Uh, Kyle Sandra saying uh, hello. Thank you very much. Good to see you. Thanks for tuning in. And talks about McBride. I can see what, what Kyle's point. He's saying if, if there's a big enough premium, I could understand taking McBride like in a, in a two PPR. I, yeah, I, I get. I mean, like we were we were saying it in those startups that like Dulcich in the eleventh round was was a steal. You know, yeah. and so if you if you, if you take that and then say a two PPR McBride in the ninth tenth ahead of those two guys is probably you know probably good good value there there there. Yeah, too. I think both of those leagues are half point PPR boosts, so it's not yeah. not enough for me to get someone behind Zach Ertz out yeah. there. Well, I mean Zach Ertz's career might be over. I think McBride's the the one there next year. Yeah. Um, Jamie checking in. Uh, Jamie Parag, uh, would you rather have Tanks Bigby or Miles Sanders? Tank Bigsby or Miles Sanders? It's a good question. That's a that good is. question. Um, hmm. I'll start while you think. Pre-draft, yeah. pre-draft, I'll take Miles Sanders. Known he's on the Eagles with a good offensive line, but that could change depending on where Tank, you know, Tank Bigsby goes or if Sanders gets moved. So as of right this second, I would take Sanders, but that I'm could f- easily change depending on. How the draft goes. I do like Tank Bigsby though. I think for me it's Tank. Um, I mean, you know, you know, obviously everything has you know context and team construction and that sort of thing. But if we're if we're looking at a position like running back where the age really really you know does matter, um, you know, and Tank is going, you know, let's say early early second, you know. Um, maybe, you know, late first, depending on draft capital and landing spot. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's close. It's close. It really. I don't, I don't, I haven't right seen it now without draft, early. without draft capital and landing spot. It's, I'd say it's almost, it's practically 
it's practically dead even. Mm -hmm. Um, but I could see it going one way or the other, depending on, on, on where tank gets drafted. So that's kind of a cop out answer. Um, but it really, it really is that, it really is that close for me. Um, now if you started talking about say tank versus, you know, Ramondre Stevenson above for me, Sanders, or if you started talking about tank versus like, um, you know, uh, James Connor, you know, below I mean, Cam Sanders for me. Cam Akers. Cause he's going above Sanders in most of the drafts I've seen. I think I, I think I have Cam Akers like one or two spots ahead of Sanders at the moment. Um, oh, actually, no, I think I bumped him up after talking to, to Kyle last episode. So that's tough. That's tough. Right. Because this is kind of the time of year where you have to start talking you know, thinking about not just cross positionally for startups, mm-hmm. right? But like cross, you know, unknown rookie and and known quantity NFL NFL running back. No, it's that's a it's an interesting question. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um. All right. So, uh, where were we? I uh, I forget. I think we're on you on number four. I just did the uh, Kamara and Miles Sanders. Right. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, running backs really not getting love. Uh, that's my uh, that's my second uh, bullet on the list here. Uh, and you know, it's understandable. Um, you know, you know, we were just talking about uh, a whole bevy of free agents that are in the 2023 free agent running back class. Um, you know, and we're and we're looking at a, a deep rookie class as well. So things could look very different at dynasty running back. And the end of this this offseason, we could see guys signing shorter, cheaper deals. We could see guys in in even more annoying uh, committee roles than than already we have. Uh, and you know, we could see some some dudes jobless. You know, when the music stops and all the chairs are 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 taken. Uh, and so I think I think understandably and justifiably, running backs are falling because if you also mm-hmm. then throw in you know, sort of the changing approach to running back uh, in the in the dynasty community and really in the fantasy community uh, in, in general, you know, then you're going to see these running backs definitely, definitely falling. And then, you know, it's up to you as a dynasty manager now to figure out, okay, which ones are are falling and it's value now or which ones are falling and it's like, it's probably a good reason they're falling and I kind of don't want to, don't want to take them at, at where, they're they're being taken and and maybe i maybe that's where i take the rookie pick that um that would end up being uh being a a tank bigsby i've kind of changed a little bit on running back i don't think that i was ever really you know robust running back except for like maybe when i first started fantasy like 20 years ago um i'm not quite at zero rb yet you know i don't know i don't know what the exact definition of modified zero rb is but I'm I'm in that ballpark, right? Uh, especially if I'm in a startup, you know, uh, I'll draft wide receivers and I'll I'll trade for running backs when I when I think I need them when I when I'm when I'm in the the compete window, you know. Um, but as far as uh, some names that stand out that could be um, possible values, I say possible, right? David Montgomery's average position is at the ten twelve, right? I don't think that's nuts, but you know, uh, but the Bears have $91 million of, uh, cap, you know, free money uh, to spend. Uh, it's entirely possible. He's back in a good role 
with the Bears, you know. Um, and so or I think no matter where he goes, he's the type of guy who I think is safe as far as having a role goes. I think there's like five or six free agent running backs that almost no matter where they go, they'll have a role that I think I'm comfortable with. And I think he's one of them. Um, James Connor at the 1105, you know, again, not a guy that sexy that I, you know, am really looking to, uh, to acquire much, um, but has a good role, catches more passes than, than, than people think. Um, you know, there's a coaching change there, which we hope um, will improve things because uh, there towards the end, we were kind of in the situation where, geez, anything can be better. But then again, you never know. Um, Ezekiel Elliott at the 1201. And I know people are saying, ew, right now as they're watching and listening. But let's say, you know, uh, you know Pollard uh, moves on, right? Um, and they, they restructure Zeke a little bit and, and keep Zeke, you know? Um, 1201 seems okay to me. I think, I think he then becomes, uh, then becomes a, a, a value. Um, I think Alexander Madison at the 1403, I don't like, I don't see his role being any smaller than it is now as like a priority backup in a handcuff. And he, and he, he has a, he has a very good skill set and is, and is mm-hmm. not old. Uh, and so I think, you know, could end up, put it this way. He's the 1403 and Jamal Williams is going one before him. Antonio Gibson is going almost two whole rounds before him. And that's only one round ahead of Damian Harris and Clyde Edwards Alaire, who who I'm like, who I consider pretty toxic at this point, right? So you know, just some names that are that are that are floating downward in these startups that, that could be possible value. No, I agree. And Kyle, uh, Kyle made a great reference, first of all, to heroes with the hero RB, but that's kind of where I'm at. And even just before last year, I was getting as many running backs as I could, knowing the injuries were there. And those teams were the ones that I did the worst in. The best teams I did were where I get one really good running back stock up on receivers and other positions and then come back and, you know, address running back a little bit later after having the one stud. And most people do call that hero RB. That's kind of where I'm at. I want to get at least one person like a Saquon, someone who's top 10, maybe even top five. Mm. And then after that, wait and take some shot on some younger guys. A lot of the guys, like you said, if not a veteran that falls like mixing Camaro, you know, something like that. The issue for hero RB for me is that if I'm paying market value in a startup, for a Saquon, a CMC, even a Chubb, really, right? I don't know. You know, I, you know, it's. I don't know that I want to in, in, invest that in a running back. Their age. See, no, I will no. say, yeah. Say you start out quarterback first round, then like CD Lamb or something second, and if Saquon or CMC is there in the third round, I'm I'm taking them easy because then. Third round, I, I'm okay with doing that as a third round. To, yeah, I could see yeah. that. Yeah. And that's where I've I've gotten Saquon and CMC in the third round uh, here recently, just because they, especially CMC, because he is getting up there in age and he's injury prone. So, so uh, the heroes reference is that the the TV show where like they kind of there was the one thing where they like traveled time to like uh, feudal samurai Japan and. There was a dude with that, glasses that ran a company yeah. that was like a front for something, and 
And then there was the dude who like had everybody's powers combined, and then he played Spock in a movie. Like, yep. is that the show yep. you're talking about? Okay, all right. yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. got Hayden Panettiere. She can heal herself. You know, uh, the cheerleader save the, the cheerleader save yeah. the world. Right, yeah. that's heroes. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the guy named Heroes, an uh, Asian dude who can stop time, and Zachary Quinto is the guy who absorbs other powers. So, yep, you're spot mm-hmm. on. Uh, look at me with the. Uh... With my memory. Uh, uh, by the way, CMC 206. Barkley's average is 305. So, yeah, so I'll right. take Saquon in the third. Yeah, I could see that. All right, uh, you're up next. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of this stemmed from some of the talk on Twitter about Brock Purdy should have been offensive rookie of the year. And, you know... <laughs> You know he's, how I feel about this. Like, no, and I, I'm right on board with you. It's almost like Trey Lance doesn't exist. Like, and it's almost like he's not in the most quarterback friendly system in the NFL. It's, you know, I drafted him in one of our in one startup, but he was my fourth QB, and this was kind of this was one of the earliest startups I did. This was before the hype really got out of hand before he made his playoff push. But besides that, he's going he's going really early. And I just, I, you can expend more on this. He's not, he's not that good. Like he, he, he played very well. He, he did his role very well, kind of like a Trent Dilfer did. I just watched the 2000s Ravens thing. He comes in, manages the game, but I don't, I don't know. Unless they move Trey Lance, he's absolutely not irrelevant, but where he's going, I'm not going to have any Brock Purdy shares moving forward. Yeah, uh, so uh, for reference here on this on this chart, um, he's going at the ten ten, uh, in between uh, Aaron Rodgers and Greg Dulcich. <laughs> so I mean, you know how I feel about Purdy. I will give him that mm-hmm. he worked on like his flaws and the things that yeah. made him Mister Irrelevant and his mechanics and things like that. Um, yeah, but. Uh, He's not good. Like um, he was being carried by uh, yeah. the, the coach's scheme, the defense, CMC, the the weapons he had around him. Um, that's who Brock Purdy is. Uh, and people who are saying, you know, that he's, you know, should have a legitimate shot to compete for the starting job in 2023. I happen to disagree. Right now, I can see where people are coming from when they say, okay. If you have Lance, you can maybe trade Lance and get stuff for him if you're the 49ers and then roll with uh, Purdy and maybe a vet for insurance or or that sort of thing. I'm not doing that. I think that would be a dumb decision. I think that's a that's a that's a gross overestimation of how good Brock Purdy is. I'm not saying that Lance has proven himself. I'm saying that Lance as a prospect and his ceiling and his upside is appreciably higher than than Brock Purdy's and I'm gonna bet on Lance and being the starter before I'm betting on 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 Purdy uh, being the starter but you know NFL front offices make interesting moves all the time and and we're gonna have to react so speaking of Lance my next point um, is the cheap quarterbacks that you can get uh, Kyler Lance and Tua I think are dropping um, to places where they become they become values so 
even before the ACL, in, in some circles I'm in, some group chats and things like that, it kind of became cool to hate Kyler. And I don't really get it. Um, I, I think, know. I think it was some memes of him being short in the Call of Duty, honestly. Yeah. It's just easy. Know, yeah. yeah. It's an easy yeah. target. Yeah. And, you know, and I get that Kingsbury, you know, is is not good. And, and this year was, was pretty, you know, gross. But listen, when we think about how gross quarterback is in general, and by the way, the top two coming in are really not that awesome to begin with, um, you know, when you have a cheat code quarterback like Kyler, right? Um, you know, with at least Hollywood, we'll see, you know, well, you know, he has McBride. I don't know if they're going to trade D hop, right? They've got Connor under contract, right? So like, I mean, he's, he's somebody that you hold on to. And now because it was already cool to hate him. And now because of the injury, a guy who was going in like the mid first in startups is now dropping to like 111, 112, early second, right? I'll take him there like all the time, really, to tell you the truth. Like I yeah. have him as I have him like as my quarterback nine. He's like right at uh, the bottom of a tier um, that has um, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. Uh, he's in that tier. And then uh, the other one is uh, Trevor Lawrence is kind of at the top of that tier and, and Kyler Murray's at the bottom of that. It's my six through nine tier, right? I'll take him at 111, 112, early second all the time, right? Now that may then alter what I do the rest of the draft because now I have to take into account that I'm, I'm getting some missed time from him in 2023, right? So if I do want to compete in 2023, they have to adapt or I say I'm punting on 2023 and then kind of do my draft that way. Um, but I'll take him at, at that all the time. And I think Lance, because of the injury and because of the Purdy stuff, uh, he's dropping too to a yep. point where he, he becomes uh, a value as well. I still have him as quarterback 13 at the bottom of a tier that has two a Dak and Watson in it as well. Um, he's somebody that I still have faith in as far as I'll, I'll take a shot with him before I take a shot with, um, you know, Danny Dimes, uh, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, right? Although Russell's going to get a bump, you know, uh, Matt Stafford, yep. Jared Goff. Like, I'm still, I'm still comfortable with Lance being sort of above those guys um, uh, in my rankings. And, and then the other, the other one is Tua, um, you know, Tua was always somebody who caught way too much hate. Um, and I understand that um, there's, there's stuff to not like about Tua, right? That he's kind of scheme-oriented in the sense that he gets those quick, accurate passes out to you know, his playmakers and they make big yak. And you know, um, that's who he is. And, and you know, he's, he's, not, he's not very mobile, uh, even, you know, because of the, the hip and, and, and that sort of thing. So I, I get all that, right? But then on top of that, the concussions, which I'm not saying is an illegitimate worry, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, until until I hear that, like, his career is, like, specifically, very explicitly threatened or or that sort of thing, you know, I'm, I'm still saying he's a top, you know, 10, 12, 14, um, dynasty quarterback because really again what else is there right when you get into the Kirk Cousins and the Derek Cars and the Danny Dimes right like I'm sorry I'm taking a concussed Tua right yeah so for reference to Tua's dropped to the 311 
and Lance to the 406, they're never going to be cheaper. So I would say, you know, those are those are guys to target. And one guy who's kind of the opposite is Justin Fields. Even though I have him one spot below Lamar in my rankings, Lamar is seven and, and Fields is, is eight. Fields is very much a, a ceiling and an upside ranking. And I, you know, I think he might be going a little too high in startups. In the startups and the mocks I've been in, I've seen him go, you know, 107, 108, 109. His average here on the chart I have is 110. You know, I don't know that I'm taking him necessarily um, before uh, Lamar Jackson. I'm not taking what about him. Trevor Lawrence. Not no, I'm not taking him before Trevor. No, no. He's gone before him. Trevor in two of mine, two of the four yeah. or five I've done. Yeah, and that's and that's just I just think that's uh, that's just that's just bad practice. You know, yeah. I think you can make the case with Murray, Kyler Murray, uh, as them being essentially tied. And even even guys like, you know, Dak and Watson, if you want to say, okay, they feel safe, right? Um, I know they can pass. Um, you know, I I could even see, you know, taking them ahead of him, even though I have him a couple spots ahead of, ahead of them in the rankings. I could see that that's an approach uh, to take. So I think I think Fields might be going a, a little too high as opposed to those other guys who are who are cheap and who are values. Yeah. No, I yeah, I I agree. And I traded up to get two at the three ten and a few people, and this was an all analyst league, kind of gave me flack for it. I was like, I hadn't drafted a QB yet, and I thought three ten like actually initiated a trade to get up. I think that's a pretty good value, especially for someone so young, regardless of the concussions. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's a great point, um, which is also going to kind of boil into my next point. And this is my biggest weakness last year in dynasty drafts was I got two stud quarterbacks and then I waited way too long to get mm. any more. So I'm really not doing that, especially with quarterbacks that are falling. So this next one is get four to five potential starting quarterbacks. I mean, last year I ended up starting Trace McSorley, you know, these dudes that I just I had to pick up just to get someone in my super flex spot. And I'm not going to make that same mistake, especially when guys like Sam Howell, Sam Darnold, even these guys are falling really, really late. You can get them. I'm trying to look here. Get them like round twenty. I got Sam Darnold, uh, Ritter going at thirteen. That's a little early, but you can get just go and get some of these guys instead of getting your like fourth or fifth running back. Just to make sure you're not that super flex spot is filled because even mediocre quarterbacks do better than so when you pull at the bottom of your bench to throw into the super flex spot. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one. I think they're especially Sam Howell. I'm really high on him as opposed to last year's rookie quarterbacks. He's already been rumored to be the starter, and he's got good weapons on a with decent players. So mm-hmm. go and get guys like that as your QB three or four, and just wait for injuries to happen. Yeah, or trade them if yeah. someone sends an offer. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I like having four. Either they are their team starters, or you know, or they're they're like you know viable you know, backups, you know, yep. where like an injury away or, you know, you could see them stepping in for a shaky starter or that sort of thing. I, I, I like that. Yeah. I like to, I like that like, safety at Superflex. Yeah. yeah. Garoppolo and Wentz, two guys like that, like they might not be the starter now, but after free agency, they might be starting on a team and can give you decent value. So I don't think it hurts to go after them and drafts pretty late after round twenties. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, let's face it, right. It's quarterback and a super flex, you know, you get one injury yep. or, or something like, like it's, it's, it's certainly valuable. Now there's a point where that stops, right. Where, you know, plugging in a certain, a, a certain, like you, maybe your RB four in, in your super flex, you might get a points per game, you know, return that's better than, than the quarterback four or five that you have. But um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I can dig that for sure. So um, as, as for fields, Kyle checking in uh, when it comes to like the 108, uh, if you don't take fields, you know, you may not get like a solid top 13 quarterback on the way back. But, you know, I get not taking him earlier and, and I, I can see where you're coming from. But that kind of comes to my next point, which is make sure you're getting two top 15 ish quarterbacks in a super flex. I've always thought that like i am getting two quarterbacks like you know no matter what i often will will take quarterbacks round one and two if it if it really makes sense if i'm if i'm getting good ones especially if i'm at the turn right if i'm at like 111 or 112 i'm taking two quarterbacks boom boom right away yeah that's harder to do at the front yeah well the addendum to that though is trade to get the second one. Do what you have mm-hmm. to do because it's super flex. So say you're the 103, right? You know, uh, or even the, you know, let's let's take let's take uh, um, Kyle's example, right? You know, you're you're the you're the the 108. So first of all, you know, there might be a person who already took J Jeff, right? So there's a chance I don't even have to take fields, right? Um, but let's you know, let's say I don't. Right. And his his he's saying there's the risk of not getting another top 13 quarterback on the way back. The thing is, I'm trading into a spot where I can't. Right. You know, um, I get I'm not a great, you know, like I said, high volume startup trader, but um, that's the type of trade I will do early on to make sure I have those in, in, in place. Um, it, you know, those those two top, you know, 15 quarterbacks are, are going to be mine in a super flex, like no matter what, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And on that point really quick, that one I mentioned where this draft I did with is all in this league. My first quarterback was to, uh, and I traded up to get him at the three ten. I, I didn't get Jared Goff till round six and he was a top 10 quarterback last year. And I consider him top 13. But because of that, if you play it right, I got McCaffrey, Barkley, Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, Tua, and I was still able to get Jared Goff. So I think mm-hmm. if you play it right, you can wait until round five or six, but you might need, like you said, make a trade to at least get yeah. somebody. You know, a few injuries could derail that whole league. But I, mm-hmm. and one thing, other thing I just noticed in a league we were in, uh, the one with Thomas, I drafted at 1.7. Justin Fields went 1.6, and I was able to get Justin Herbert. It's like someone took Justin Fields over Justin Herbert in that league. Oof, so yeah, no, that's so. I mean, he's really getting boosted up there, and I love Justin Fields. He was he was my guy coming into last year, but that's I still would take Trevor Lawrence and all those quarterbacks over him mm, for sure. So Kyle checking in saying he usually will trade, or if he can, he trades his two three four for one eight nine. I don't know that I take that big a hit. I would trade like my like two and f- four and six maybe you know for maybe one and nine and 
you know, maybe give them a break and go to like, a, I don't know, like a 11 or something. Like, I'm, I don't know that I would want to take that that big a hit, sacrifice the sandwich there of, of, of two, three, four, uh, really. But I don't know. Like some people think of it differently. I I tend to be risk averse and conservative in, in that way with my startup trades. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did that a similar move that Kyle did two years ago, and I drafted Javante Williams in the first round. And then I also had Brees Hall in the rookie draft and two injuries later. And I, you know, my team looked good at the start of the year, but I finished like 10th and I had two first round picks and just a few injuries can just really derail that. So while it could work, if you, you know, if the cards bounce right, I'd still rather, I think, take the two, three and four for that. But I get it. If you want to take a risk and try and get a good win now team, it's just injuries can absolutely crush you like with ones to Javante Williams and Brees Hall, you know, where they're now two years out from being productive again. All right. Well, we are now at our, our last item on both of our lists. You're up with your number five. Yeah, I have a lot of names on this. So I'm, I'm not going to expand on every name, but this is just kind of expands on Brian saying that second and thirds were going too soon. So I'm just going to name off guys that I would rather have in the startups than when the second round picks went. So these are all guys that went, as like the middle to late second round picks were going, uh, some of these guys I'd rather have are Rashad Bateman, Damian Pierce, Cam Akers, Alvin Kamara, Tyler Algier, Miles Sanders, Mooney, Jacoby Myers, and Curtis Samuel. All these guys are going after or as the late second rounds or picks are going. And I think already given their production, it's better than taking a shot on a rookie mm-hmm. that you just don't know what they're going to do. And then, People that are even going with the thirds, I'd rather have Claypool, DJ Shark, who's falling really far, Josh Palmer, who's 24-25, uh, Leonard Fournette, Deontay Foreman, David Njoku, and Gerald Everett. I would take mm. all those in a heartbeat over mid to late third-round picks. And, you know, they're getting moved up even before Jacoby Myers and Curtis Samuels in some leagues. So yeah. just a point to – don't get too hyped on rookies. You're excited for the draft. I get it. But there are some guys who are still young and still very productive that I'll take a chance on before I take a chance on a rookie. I haven't seen play in the NFL. Yeah, I agree with, with most of those names uh, for sure. I think what I noticed in one of the startups we were in is it's really, for me, was egregious was the third and fourths. Not yep. so much not so much the, uh, the seconds because I could see – in this deep 23 class wanting 207 instead of Damian Pierce. I could see that um, because I have never been a huge Pierce fan. And I think it's very plausible that either between a draft and free agency, they get a complimentary back uh, and, and his role go, goes down a little bit, but that's just, I mean, that's just one example, but I think in general, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Um, you know, when I'm looking at this, uh, this chart here, um, we're looking at the 207 uh, going before, uh, let's see, um, uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Chig Okonkwo, Leonard Fournette, Rondell Moore, eh, yeah, Elijah Mitchell, right, um, Alec Pierce, Josh Palmer, you know, Romeo Dobbs. Like, that seems okay, but I think when you get, like, a little lower, that's when I think it starts to get a little little nutty like people taking thirds instead of some of the players that that you mentioned yeah yeah absolutely especially in joku and gerald everett 
they've been in the league a few years, but they're still pretty young and they're both very athletic tight ends. And I think mm-hmm. it's a, I'd rather take a shot on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like in this chart here, the 212, again, the hit rate might not be good, right? But it's, it's going um, uh, uh, um, before – well, no, actually, this, that's a bad example. I was, that's flipped around. I don't, anyway, I was, I was actually going to agree with, with I, that one. Yeah, sorry. Well, I think, you need, I think you need certain rookies to fall later in the second round for you to really hit over some of those guys. Like it could happen, you know, like Zay Flowers or – well, he was going late first, but there are some guys like Izzy and Roshan Johnson. I think you can get there. That I think the one argument for taking the picks, I mean, outside of in a vacuum, outside of like mm-hmm. roster construction and team context and that sort of thing, and are you punting on twenty three and that? I think the argument is that like fluidity and that they gain value. So like I get that, you know, if that's where you're going with it, um, but it just straight up as far as like you know. Would I rather have this or that? I don't know that there's much of a case. So, let, all right, let's start with the 201 on this chart, right? 201, would you rather uh, – I'm going to name some some folks that went after the 201, right? You you tell me if you would rather have this person or the 201, right? Um, okay. Aaron Jones. I'll take the 201. Okay. Uh, I could see that. Close, but I could see that. Mac Jones. Super flex. I'm taking Mac Jones. I think getting Matt Patricia out of there, I think, is going to help him because he had a pretty good rookie year. So, same. Uh, Dalton Schultz depends on the premium. Probably the 201. Depends on the premium. I'm a little scared too. Like if they don't tag, if they don't franchise tag Schultz, um, you know. But I could I mean, see that. Yeah. They've also got Hendershot and the other guys. Ferguson. They got yeah. some pretty sol- solid tight ends behind them, so they don't need him to be, you know, mm-hmm. to get production. All right. All right. So 201 or David Montgomery? That one's tough. If he stays in Chicago, I'll take Montgomery. So I'll just say the 201 because I don't know. But that one's very close for me. I might take he's still Montgomery. 25. I might take yeah. Montgomery regardless, I think, you know, but that's take, close. That's close. Yeah. It's very close. Dulcich. With a one-point premium, I'll take Dulcich. Anything less than that, I might take the pick. Uh, Bateman. I, Bateman's one of those guys I loved. I, I'm still going to stick with him. I'm going to say Bateman. Okay. I think Greg Roman being gone will help. Miles Sanders. I'll take Miles Sanders. He's he's a big playability with 1,300 yards. I'll take him. Keenan Allen. That depends on landing spot. Right now, I'll take the pick. Okay. Mike Evans. I'll take the pick. Uh-huh. Especially with Brady in the air. I don't like that. Mike Williams. Uh, he had a neck injury, already injury prone. I'll take the pick. Tyler Algier. Let, let, me, let me take this point. Someone said – someone laughed, was literally laughing at someone saying Algier was close to Kenneth Walker. Look at their production. They're very close outside of touchdowns, and that's due to a committee. I haven't – you know, I propped up Algier early on in the year. I'm going to give him some more love. I'm going to take Tyler Algier in that one. He had 1,000 yards in a committee with Cordell Patterson taking most of the red zones. Yeah. I'll, 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 I think I'd take the pay. Um, Dylan. Uh, 
I'll take I'll take the pick. Aaron Jones is still probably going to be there. And AJ Dillon didn't make people miss very much in last year, so I can see that. Matthew Stafford, super flex. I'll take Stafford. I I think Cooper Cup coming back. I think he's still going to be top twelve. Eight picks after sold. the two hundred one. Matthew Stafford in a super flex. Yep, I'll take Stafford. I mean, you know, would you rather have Matt Stafford or Keishon Boutte in a super flex? Yeah, Matt Stafford. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like um. You know, a couple other names, Pacheco, Najoku, Komet, Gabe Davis, right? These are all names that went after the 201 and were at least, what was it, 50-50, right, on, like, who yeah. we would take the pick. So, so yeah, you know, I think I think these picks are, as I said earlier, are going too early. And I think it, it, I think it gets really egregious when you start getting into, like, the late seconds and the thirds. Yeah. There, most of the drafts we did with kickers, I don't have any fourths, very few thirds, fourth or fifths, because I was taking the players that were still available, so – Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so Kyle, I think, uh, disagreeing with us here, he'd easily have 201 over um, Montgomery, uh, even though he 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 likes Montgomery. I don't know. For I don't. For me, it was close. I don't know. For me, that it was easy, but um, but I could see that, right? Because say you're getting, I don't know, Sean Tucker at, at the 201, Zach Charbonnet at the 201. Yeah. You know, I could see that. I could see that. But, you know, for me, 25-year-old known quantity running back who's, I think, going to have a role no matter where he's at. Um, you know, I, it, it's, it's it's. I just think he's a perfect me. committee back, though. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So my last one uh, is, speaking of going too early, not too early, I'm sorry, um, just an observation I have is that the young receivers are rising and going early. Now, Kyle and I had a bit of a debate on the show that we did a couple weeks ago. Uh, he has guys like uh, Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs and Cooper Cup uh, ahead of guys like uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, Chris Olave, right? I do not, right? But what we're seeing is that if you're in startups, understandably, you know, I think predictably, that uh, the younger ones are are definitely rising and going before um, the the older ones, uh, at least in my experience. And the chart that I have, it's actually mixed and pretty even. Kyle and I were, were talking about the chart uh, a couple episodes ago that, that it actually is kind of mixed. You know, you'll get a young one and then two old ones and then a young one and an old one and then two young ones, right? Um, but, you know, I'm seeing, you know, uh, the Garrett Wilsons, the Chris Olaves, um, you know, rise. And obviously the, you know, the, the Cooper Cups, the Devontae Adams and the Stefan Diggs and the Tyreek Hills, although Hill less than others, falling. I am all here for it. I, I agree with that. You know, just for example, my wide receiver uh, six through nine is um, five through nine, let's say, is Waddle, Higgins, Garrett Wilson, Alave, DK Metcalf. Right. I have all those guys ahead of Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, um, and then even later, Cooper Cup, uh, Devontae Adams, even Chris Godwin, um, you know, uh, DJ Moore. I have met. So, like, you know, uh, that's where I'm going with it. You know, I, I think Wilson, Garrett Wilson can be absolutely special. We saw what he did with three very meh quarterbacks. <laughs> Um, 
what how, what have you seen with the wide receivers and, and sort of which side do you do you fall on? No, I, I agree with you. And you know, I was even further on this than you were because I remember early on in our show, I was talk I was hyping up the younger guys over Stefan Diggs and Devontae Adams, probably too much so to be honest. I scaled that back a little, but I would definitely rather have uh Garrett Wilson, Olave than um guys like Devontae Adams. Cooper Cup, I'm still not sure about. You know, he was he was so good that one year and with Stafford. I think he's still got a few years. So I still have him a little bit higher up there. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have Garrett Wilson and Olave above Diggs. Not Tyreek Hill necessarily. I think I got him right in between the two. Mm. Uh, but I'm definitely on team younger wide receivers. One guy I'm way higher on than most people is Dotson. I took Dotson in a startup over or I would have had the chance to take it over McLaurin. I think he's better than McLaurin. And given the age, I'd much rather have him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely hyping up younger receivers. I'm drafting younger receivers and earlier than most. And I'm just going to – if it doesn't work this year, just ride it out 2024 because they all show great ability, especially Garrett Wilson. He's going to be elite. Mm-hmm. So, it, it looks like um, Jamie checking in. He's kind of kind of in my groove here. Uh, has, uh, has Diggs, Hill, and Cup. 13 through 15 um, after Wilson, Alave, Waddle, and Devontae Smith. You know, I, I can roll with that. I certainly have – I have Hill higher. I have him like um, 10th. I have Diggs 11th. Yep. But the point is, you know – Yeah, Diggs they, I have higher yeah. than the others. So um, – I, I do have um, – I have Devontae Smith behind Cooper Cup, but the rest of those I have the same. Yeah, because I, I have um, Cooper Cup ahead of Devonta. So I tend to be higher on Dotson than consensus too. So our, uh, please don't take a drink in the next couple seconds because you may spit it out. Um, Kyle, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, had Jahan Dotson at wide receiver forty-seven. <laughs> what do you? Uh, we'll what, just agree to. We'll agree, agree to disagree. disagree. That's all I'm saying. I love Kyle. Uh, I trust yeah, Kyle yeah. on a lot of stuff, but that's we'll just we're too far off on that one. I yeah. I love me Jahan Dotson. I think he was he my wide receiver even, five as a rookie. I think he might have even had McLaurin like above twenty and Dotson below <sighs> below below forty five. You know, so <sighs> I just we'll, I we'll talk Kyle. Know. We'll talk about it. Have me on one of your shows. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> So that does it for our main uh, show, uh, the the Saturday Night Five, as far as our, our startups list. But it's time for Super Bowl fun tomorrow. As many of you know, <laughs> it's the Super Bowl. Uh, Chiefs and 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 Eagles. Uh, for my for my man Jesse Schneeman, my co-host on Dynasty Fever, I will say go Birds. Uh, I'm a, I'm obliged to do that, although I honestly don't give up. Who wins? So, <laughs> uh, but we're gonna do we're gonna do our our, our Super Bowl lists. So uh, I'm gonna start us out this time with my first one. Uh, I think people are, are often surprised to hear this. I don't really watch the Super Bowl much anymore. Um, once fantasy football playoffs are over, I don't really watch much football. I mean, I pay enough attention to know like if somebody broke their femur, you know. Um. Uh, you know, but I don't really, you know, I've fallen asleep during the Super Bowl. One year I didn't <laughs> even have TV during the Super Bowl. 
like I've watched a couple of clips here and there, but like I will, I, I like I don't know what I'm gonna do tomorrow. I honestly don't know. I don't have like it. Like I'm definitely gonna sit down and watch it. I, don't, I might take a nap. Who knows, right? I might eat dinner. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but I've I've never. I'm like the last. I don't know. Almost ten years. I've just kind of just been like meh about the Super Bowl. And, and in fact, one year, uh, I I made a Facebook post um, about uh, 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 the when you know when the stupid you know jets fly and the stupid. I'm, people are going to disagree with this, but the military carries the flags and shit. Oh, hey. like, like, yeah, I'm with you on that. I, so, I don't pay attention to that either. So, like, I, I, I posted on on Facebook, like, oh, here's where we combine uh, violent sport with U.S. militarism, right, or something like that, right? And I literally had a friend, like a Facebook friend, say deleted and like unfriend me <laughs> over that, right? So, like, come on, folks, like it, like let's effing relax. It's 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 the Super Bowl. It's always funny when people say deleted or blocked before instead of just blocking or deleting the person and not saying anything about it. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what's your first uh, Super Bowl nugget? Uh, oh, I'll just start with the first Super Bowl I actually remember. And I am a Falcons fan. I grew up in North Georgia my whole life. Uh, Super Bowl 33, Falcons versus Broncos. I remember my dad telling everybody that there's no way the Falcons were going to lose to John Elway. And then, sure enough, they lost thirty-four to nineteen to John Elway. And this was uh, the Dirty Birds, right? Yep. Jamal Anderson. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This and this was like actually when I first started becoming a Falcons fan because up until this point, I had Ricky Williams jerseys, Keyshawn Johnson jerseys, and this was even a little bit after this. I didn't really care about the Falcons. I more cared about players I liked. Mm. Uh, so, and it seemed to be all Florida teams. So. That, but that's what started me you being interested in the Falcons. I like, you know, I like Jamal Anderson. I didn't like Chris Chandler. I thought he kind of sucked, but they got crushed and it just got me prepared for the 28 to 3 Super Bowl. So, so Jamie did something. That, oh my God. Uh, Kyle, Speaking kinda, of, yeah. Kyle kind of wished it was the opposite. Kyle kind of wished he, he, he slept for the, <laughs> the entire game, maybe. Uh, but uh, Jamie fell asleep during that Patriots Falcons Super Bowl at halftime and woke up to uh to the score change and that that's something that is just you know just josh it's just uh, i'm so sorry we can move on we can move on <laughs> next topic <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just kidding yeah uh so first super bowl that i can remember is super bowl 20 uh the uh what i mean i remember other ones but like i vividly remember where i was and watching super bowl 20 uh, the Super Bowl shuffle, uh, 85 Bears, vaunted uh, 85 Bears defense, uh, defeats the uh, Cinderella Patriots 46 to 10. Um, and uh, I was a really big Walter Payton fan as a kid. Like, I grew up a Jets fan, mm -hmm. but like, I just, I really liked Walter Payton. So this was kind of cool, you know, to, to see uh, the Super Bowl. This is also, I don't know if you remember, but William Refrigerator Perry. Uh, scored a, a touchdown yep. in that game. You know the big, like three hundred fifty pound uh, oh, defensive yeah. lineman and that sort of thing. And fun fact, uh, that's actually the last time that both Super Bowl teams were making their Super Bowl debut. So every Super Bowl after that, thirty six Super Bowls after that, either one team or both teams had already been in a Super Bowl. That's the last time both teams made their Super Bowl debut. How about that? 
That's pretty interesting, actually. I didn't know that. Oh. Uh, yeah, my next one is just about watching the Super Bowl. I probably should have done this last, but the last time. But I watch every Super Bowl, but I only pay attention if I play DFS or if I have a parlay set. Besides that, like you said, I'll watch it, but I really don't care that much unless my team's in it, and they mm-hmm. only have been twice, and they lost both. Like, I still watch the game, but I'm depending on what I'm doing, where I'm at, it's not the most important game of the season to me mm-hmm. by any means. I just enjoy hanging out with people, all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't really pay that much attention. Mm-hmm. And I do have a parlay set for this game. Mm-hmm. What Mark is Valdez-Scantling, Travis Kelty, and Gainwell touchdown parlay. 20 bucks to turn into almost $600. So, all right. We'll okay. see. I'll be rooting for it uh, for sure. That's all just, I got. Because I want you to have $600. Um, so, <laughs> uh, the Super Bowl, I'm going to talk about Super Bowl parties. So, the Super Bowl in general for me is kind of interesting because it's kind of like amateur night. Like, it takes this thing that we like really like week to week and it turns it into this whole big pageantry, right? With the pregame and the national anthem and the friggin' halftime show that's like nine hours long. And right. And, and then Super Bowl parties happen and the whole thing becomes amateur night. And it's kind of annoying because you want to watch a game, but people are there and they're talking for like a social event and it's kind of annoying, right? Uh, so the last time I was at a Super Bowl party, actually, uh, was 2013 when the 49ers faced the Ravens uh, in Super Bowl 47. Uh, and that's the, that's the one where the lights went out for a while in the Superdome yep. in, in New Orleans. And I remember posting on Facebook that it was the D-Luminati that were behind it. <laughs> and and people, people kind of liked, liked that one. So that was the last time I was at a that's Super funny. Bowl party. Um, but yeah, Super Bowl parties in general, it's like it's like sh- shut up, like shut up, like I, like shut up. I'm trying to watch, like shut up. I'm trying to watch. <laughs> the worst part about it is people who don't understand the rules completely, trying to say this and that should have happened, and it's like, all right, just watch the game. Let's just mm. let's just watch this and enjoy it. Right. Your next, all I- right, yeah, my next one is about the commercials. Yes, I have really bad ADHD. So when it's the game's not on, I'm either looking on my phone, especially looking through Twitter to see what people got to say, or I'm just not paying attention. But I do have two favorites. Mm-hmm. One of them is the E-Trade baby commercial from 2008. It's where the little baby's sitting in his high chair and he's talking, you know, they obviously, this was at the start of the technology where they're able to move like the mouths where it looked like they were talking. And the baby was right. just going into depth about financials. It was just really funny, really cute. I'm pretty sure there's a punchline at the end, but I do remember that one. And the other one almost made me cry, and I never thought I'd cry at a Super Bowl, especially at a party. It's a Google, I think it's called Loretta. It's this old man using Google to type Uh, in memories about his late wife. He found her favorite song, found a bunch of photos. It was just really, you know, really cute, really touching, and just really hit me in the feels at the time because I am just a little sensitive. So, yeah. Super Bowl, and my next thing is about commercials too. So, Super Bowl commercials used to be a bigger deal, you know. Like yep. we used to, we used to say, like, oh, what's this commercial going to be, and what was the best one? And then, you know, you had people who uh, who also like, oh, I only watch for the commercials because they're like so yep. different and so fun, and it's kind of lost its luster. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons uh, uh, for that one. I think I think one of them is certainly that like i think tv has lost its luster right like 
like we it's all streaming services and stuff. Yeah. So like yep. commercials aren't don't, don't really like capture people's imaginations much anymore. And in fact, they're probably even more annoying. I was um, just gonna say they're more of an annoyance. Yeah. So uh but one that, that I remember is um GoDaddy, right? Now GoDaddy is a is a website where you can <laughs> um host, you know, domains, you know, like it, it hosts your website, right? But when it when it was a, a, a very new company, um it had a reputation for you know very like um risque uh, uh, you know, controversial, uh, sexy, too hot for TV commercials. And in 2005 was their first one. And it was um, a woman, you know, who had, who, it was a, there were, it was like a hearing for like censorship and she was getting permission for her workout video. And it like, um, it made fun of the wall, the wardrobe malfunction for Janet Jackson. And, and, and like, you know, she was just like, you know, bending over the table with these like, you know, big breasts and like it was just a very like saucy commercial and i remember people like being very mad that like oh my see that go daddy commercial and then they kind of <laughs> had a reputation for a few years after that of yeah. having pretty pretty saucy commercials and they made a name for themselves and and now it's like their their commercials are very tame and i'm sure they're making very good money you know at, you know hosting you know <laughs> websites and and things like that but that one in 2005 uh, uh, put them put them on the map really um, and uh, I remember there being a big kerfuffle over that, you know, and obviously I was like, please, you know, get over it. But, uh, but yeah, that, uh, so that, that one stands out in my memory as well. No, I agree. And I think that whole thing really got GoDaddy on the map because for the years after did, that, yeah. they did have a lot of commercials all over the place. And I'm sure it only, only boosted their business. Um, Interestingly enough, though, in 2015, 10 years later, they were going to, they, they pulled a Super Bowl commercial. Uh, so apparently, like, there was a Budweiser commercial that had, like, a lost dog or something, and then they made a parody of it, and this puppy's lost, finds its way back home, and this woman is like, oh, you know, it's great, the puppy's back or whatever, because I just sold you on a website I made with GoDaddy, right? And, like, and, and, like, and animal people were, like, you know, ew, right? And, and I think with good reason, like, I don't want to get on, yeah. on, 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 like, how yeah. dog breeding and you know, and adopt, don't shop. Like, I don't want to get on my soapbox with that. But honestly, I have more of a problem with a, with, with a commercial celebrating, you know, selling a puppy and like on a website through as a breeder than I do with like someone's tits being out all over the place. But you know, that's just me, right? That's just where Yeah, I'm without at. going into it, adopt, don't shop. We'll just yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. Both of my dogs are rescues. They're amazing. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'll hop into my most memorable Super Bowl. I got two of them. Mm-hmm. And this kind of shows my age because they're fairly recent. First one is Super Bowl Forty Nine, Seattle, New New England. Oh yeah, that was the one where, as the game was going, I you know if you were able to place bets before one play happened, I would have put all my money that the Seattle Seahawks were going to run the best running back at that time, Marshawn Lynch, one yard into the end zone. Instead, they try to throw it and they get intercepted. I don't like the Patriots, as you'll see in my next Super Bowl, but it was still kind of funny that they got too cute and it kind of backfired. Mm. Uh, yeah, next one, Super Bowl 42, Giants, New England. At the time, I hated New England. I still don't like them. Deflategate, all that stuff. I think they're cheaters, and I think the NFL got let them get away with it. But New York Giants and Eli Manning, of all people, mm. Mr. Mid, 
ended the perfect season for the Patriots. There were mm-hmm. a bunch of big plays. I think that was one where the guy caught the ball behind his head. David Tyree, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Plaxico Burris made a nice play. It was just fun watching them get knocked down a peg by Eli Manning, of all people. As someone who wants great pain to come to the Patriots, and specifically Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, although I'm, I'm kind of over it at this point. Um, yeah. Ha- ha- that interception that handed the game to the Patriots broke my heart. But having their undefeated season get ruined warmed my heart. Same. Yeah. So I hated that they won like that, but it was funny. Like this is what you get for getting cute at the biggest moment of the whole season. Mm-hmm. So, you know. so we're gonna we're gonna end on the most important bit of Super Bowl information, and that is the food. Uh, right. So, um, uh, real quick though, before we do, Kyle checking in. Agree. Uh, with Josh, so iconic, it changed the trajectory of the NFL. Instead of the Seahawks winning back-to-back against Manning and Brady, the Patriots got their fourth title. Yeah, that's a very good memory, yeah. too, because I, I, I wouldn't yeah. have remembered that it was the year right after Manning. And I wouldn't have remembered what number title it was for the Patriots. I just, you know, just hate them every year. <laughs> no, so um, I, yeah, I don't really care enough to. <laughs> uh, all right, so favorite Super Bowl food. So as folks may know, I'm vegan. Uh, and but before I was, I used to make these loaded nachos that had like, you know, three different kinds of cheese, bacon, ground beef, you know, uh, uh, sour cream, guac and, you know, salsa and uh, jalapeno. Like it was just like, you know, and I used to used to love that. And I would make it for all sorts of reasons. But, you know, at Super Bowl was, was one of them. Now that I'm. Um, um, I'm vegan. It's kind of, you know, changed. Uh, honestly, as as you're going to talk about, you know, chips and dip is fun. And and I love me some hummus and guac, uh, you know, uh, on my Super Bowl table. But also sort of, you know, some vegan versions of other things. Like I think tomorrow I might make uh, some vegan wings that are mostly made out of like cauliflower um, or like uh, vegan like flatbreads and, and pizzas and then like cut them into like small pieces and things like that. That's kind of where I'm at these yep. days. Nothing too. I know some people have some real special and specific recipes and like, you know, unique things that like nobody eats, you know, but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with, with Super Bowl food. How about you? No, I'm, I'm honestly, my wife's vegetarian. She's not vegan, but I have gotten turned on some more of the plant-based, especially like chicken patties and stuff. And they're actually really good. So if you get a chance to try them. Uh, my favorite, though, and I'll start by saying I don't like nachos. Mm-hmm. I don't like cheese and stuff sitting on the chips and making them soft. I'm very much a texture eater. So mm-hmm. if I eat chips, I want them to be crunchy. That's why I prefer them with buffalo chicken dip. That's my favorite Super Bowl food. I just want to get a plate, put a shitload of buffalo chicken dip on it, and just dip my chips into there and eat other stuff on the side. So that's the I'm dip easy. that has like the chicken yeah. in it, right? And like yeah, like shredded there. chicken with buffalo mm-hmm. sauce and some other stuff. I don't know exactly what goes in it, yeah. but anytime it comes over, I ask if they can bring buffalo chicken dip, and I'll pay them money for it. So <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> Something about chips and dips at the yeah, Super Bowl, yeah. watching football. You know, if you drink, drinking beers, it's so addicting. It right? just works. just like boom, yeah. repeated. Yeah, like, I yeah, find yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Jamie. Always making food that's famous for the city. Okay. I like uh, that. From the team. So tomorrow he's making cheesesteaks and ribs. A little Kansas hey, where City you barbecue at, Jamie? sauce. I'm going to come over. 
Yeah, no, that, that's that's a good twist. That's fun. She takes the ribs sound yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, vegan versions of them, of course, but <laughs> but well, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I've never heard somebody somebody doing that. That's, that's I like cool. that though. Yeah. All right, um, but like, ew, like with all the Patriots Super Bowls, like, like, are we eating a lot of clam chowder or like just baked beans? Like beans, I'm I'm cool with, you know, but like clam chowder. It's just put old bay on every on whatever you make and call it New England. Okay, yeah, yeah that works. All right, so that's <laughs> it for our extended show with your bonus uh, Super Bowl content. Uh, everybody, uh, enjoy the game if you're watching tomorrow. If you're out and partying, you know, please stay safe and uh, and do things in in, in moderation. Um, so let's see. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening to the uh, audio feed on the Going for Two Live podcast. Uh, if you're watching us here on YouTube, either live or later, please make sure you subscribe to the channel. Click the little bell so you get notified when there's new videos and give us a thumbs up as well as a like. Uh, and time for plugs. Josh, where can we find you and your work? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rotonaut. Uh And I'm about to start back. I've been sick this last week, so I haven't been able to do what I wanted to scheduled for writing. But I'm about to start back writing for Rookies do some prospect overlooks and some other stuff like that. So you can find all that on goingfor2.com. I also need to update my dynasty rankings. That's on my to-do list. Mm -hmm. And also anyone listening, if you know me or even if you don't reach out, if you need an Uber or something when you're driving, I'll buy you an Uber. You can pay me back later or don't. It's fine. I just want everyone to be safe. So definitely be safe tomorrow if you're out drinking and all that. So, all right. Let's see here for me. You can find me at FF junkie underscore on Twitter. Dynasty rankings going for two.com and articles are going for two.com. Uh, and it's the off season. So I crank out articles more now. Uh, just did a few prospect profiles and we have a whole series. And so that's going to accelerate as we get, uh, as we get towards the, towards the draft. I've done uh, Rashi Rice, Hutchinson, um, Zach Charbonnet, uh, Ty Spears. Um, what's that? Did you do Izzy? Izzy Abanaconda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think a couple of them are, are haven't been published yet. They're, they're scheduled in the next few days. And I think Hutch comes out tomorrow morning. So keep an eye out uh, for that as well. And then there's going to be other stuff that we do uh, over the offseason, like collaboration articles and things like that. And Wednesday nights, I record a Dynasty Fever audio-only podcast that drops on Thursdays with my co-host Jesse Schneeman of the Dynasty Warzone family. And uh, we had to uh, we had to cancel last week or just past Wednesday. So next week we're going to bring uh, Matt Hicks from Rookie Big Board on and we're going to be, uh, you know, talking a lot of things uh, having to do with rookies because uh, it's it's rookie fever time. And, uh, you know, my spreadsheet yep. is, is already extra and over overdone and way too much. And it's only going to going to get worse uh, from there. You can follow that show on Twitter at Dynasty Fever Pod going for two has a wide array of content for you. Con uh, live shows pretty much every night, even in the offseason. Lots of articles and, and rankings at goingfor2.com. Uh, when you go to the goingfor2.com website in the bottom right, you'll see a little purple widget for the Discord. The Discord is free. It's robbery. Hop on to the Discord. Uh, a lot of channels about different topics. It's on and popping, and you can interact, get trade advice, Things like that. Kyle checking in uh, with a nice little compliment here as we end. Great episode, guys. I really do, uh, yeah. really do appreciate. 
that. I do want to add, we have our own channel in that Discord now. So yes, if you want to come do. on there and tell us how awesome we are or how bad we suck, please well, do. Well, maybe the awesome part. Maybe not the... the okay. Sorry. Yeah. Either way, we have our own channel. So if you got <laughs> Dynasty questions, come ask. Yes. If you want yeah, to put I a think. hashtag go Irish, that's fine too. You know. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the, you know what? Like for Mayor me, tied in one. For me, the gap between Mayor and that next tier of like Kincaid, Washington, and Musgrave is closing. I don't. Uh, I, I I'm, don't. I, I'm sadly with you. Look at yeah. doing more research. I'm. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. I don't want to say it, but I'm with you on that. I, yeah. I was just gonna say that. I mean, I hate Notre Dame, but. I don't, but I, you got to be real. You can't be too biased. It it is closing. He is a little slow out of his breaks, but he also had production, so we'll see. For real, I thought the same about Jason Witten. I thought the guy was slow as molasses, but he still produced. So I had a pretty good career, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we may or may not see you next week, depending on on our schedules. But uh, but we're pretty much going to be weekly in the off season. So uh, yep. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Yeah.